time to talk training, fitness, and health on the Weight Endurance Podcast. We're not doctors, dietitians, or physiologists. We're professional coaches, and your hosts, Cody and Kathy Waite. We've worked with hundreds of endurance athletes over the last 15 years through our training facility, plans, and programs. Within this podcast, we're sharing our own training and racing experiences, along with the knowledge gained from working with our athletes. We'll be shedding light on the training methodologies that we've found to be the most successful in making you a fitter and faster cyclist. Welcome back. I'm Cody. I'm Kathy. And we're your hosts of the Weight Endurance Podcast. We're on to episode number 68, titled Planning and Optimizing Your 2022 Season. Sounds good. I'm I'm a big planner. So I know I, you are. I really appreciate that about you. I like to plan things out. We've been doing that heavily with our we development team. So it just seemed appropriate to talk about because we've kind of said the same thing more or less over and over 30 times to our writers. <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> so we might as well say it one more time in the podcast. Make it 31. Uh, but yeah, hopefully this will be something useful for people. You know, we're into December now and kind of in the midst of maybe an off season or just getting back with some like preseason kind of riding. That's what we've been up to. And, um, you know, it's time to start thinking about next year. You know, the New Year's right around the corner. So we'll give you some things to think about, tips, suggestions on how you can kind of plan and optimize your upcoming season. Perfect. Yeah. And also I think uh, race directors have been setting dates and updating their websites. I've gotten a few emails lately. Mm -hmm. So maybe other people also have been getting emails about races that are on the schedule and they're starting to like brainstorm and think about what they might want to do next year. Yeah, that's a great point because that is a big piece of it is like what events are you doing and what are mm-hmm. your like really important A races. So I, I, you're absolutely right. Like the Leadville Lottery is open right now. I think the Unbound Gravel one opens in a few weeks, like right after the new year. Um, I got an email from is it Epic Rides with the Whiskey 50 that the priority registration's open. Yeah, yeah, all that kind of stuff. The steamboat gravel's coming up. Yeah, all so, the big fun ones. Yeah, all the all the big races are definitely getting populated, and registrations opening up. And these days too, it's like these races like sell out so quickly, or mm-hmm. they're lotteries, which I don't love the lottery systems, but um, but yeah, it's like getting concerts to a Rolling Stones concert. I think <laughs> I know. to be able to sign up for these races. So. At any rate, um, what else have we been up to? I've been riding, we've both been riding some for fun, um, not taking it too seriously at the moment. We've had some other things going on in our life um, with our kids and things, health Damn kids. Health issues that have kind of had us scale back, but it's the right time of year to have to be able to dealing with those, deal with those sorts of things. Um, and we've been mountain biking. Actually, you, you pointed out kind of a, revelation you I had a revelation was it a revelation is that too strong of a word I really don't think it is okay yeah um dun, 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 dun. <laughs> no well one one little micro revelation is and this is a little bit differently different than I was going to talk about but I felt like I was like squished on my bike lately and I finally asked you to check my bike bike seat height mm-hmm. and it had slipped down like a half a centimeter it had yeah and um Make my goodness, my knee was both knees were bugging me. I felt squished. I can't believe I like waited a couple months to ask you to look at it. And if anyone's listening, going, Kathy, why didn't you look at it? <laughs> then you don't know me. I don't know how to work on my bike. Apparently, a, I can't use a measuring tape either. You're not a tool person. <laughs> <laughs> no. So anyway, I'm so glad I got that fixed. It immediately felt better. Um, 
Anyway, that leads into my real revelation is that I've been thinking a lot about body position on my mountain bike. Okay. I've learned a lot from riding with Sophia, my daughter, our daughter. Um, she's so natural on her bike. Uh, she learned to ride when she was 14, right? Is that, mm-hmm. is that true? 14. And I learned to ride when I was closer to 35. It's a big difference. I've always been sort of in awe and like envious that she was so comfortable on her bike. And I would feel nervous going around corners that were loose. Well, it didn't help when I broke my collarbone one time doing, you know, a loose corner. But I, I've been thinking a lot about, like, how smooth she looks on her bike. And I usually follow her through the twisty trails down here in Arizona. Yeah. And I think, my God, like, why is she just sort of, like, whipping around those turns so effortlessly? And then after a ride, what we would we'd compare our data and her intensity factor, her IF would be lower than mine and we're comparable riders like I should we should be like very similar in our data when we're done with a ride Mm -hmm. and I could only guess surmise that I'm having to really kind of push the the pedals hard out of a turn to catch back up to her because she has very effortlessly gone around a turn. She's maintained her momentum better where you've slowed down. <laughs> I've slowed braked. down a lot. I braked a lot. And then you're basically doing a little sprint. To catch back up to corner. her. Yeah. Yeah. So, damn it. It's like, how can I do this differently? And I, I, I observe her and I watch her. I try to mimic her. But I had a real revelation just the other day. And I thought, wow, why is my first instinct always to break? Like break pretty hard. When I go around any kind of turn. And I don't mean mm-hmm. like a 180 degree turn. I mean like almost any turn. Mm-hmm. So I started thinking about that concept. Like what am I doing around the turn that that is making me feel so fearful and want to break as the way to get around the turn? Mm-hmm. And I think mostly it's it came down to my hip position. And I showed you a photo from the Firecracker 50 or some race a couple mm-hmm. years ago and you saw it. Like, my hips are turning away from the turn. Yeah, like twisted away. It's so weird. Instead of, like, pointing at or through the turn. And I knew that concept, like, in my brain. I've mm-hmm. worked with Lee McCormick several times. I've I've read about bike positioning, but I was not doing it. I was doing the opposite of what I should do. Mostly, actually, all primarily because I was fearful. And there was something, like, right. scary about the turn, so I would instinctually turn my body away from the turn which would actually make it harder and scarier right and open the door for you to wipe out i know yeah so and i I also know i was doing that like on a downhill too like where i would kind of push away from my bike and get far away from my bike instead of the opposite that i needed to do lower getting lower because i was afraid so i'm working on this i'm not perfect at it by any means now but it has made a huge difference like cool just kind of feeling more comfortable, like whipping around a turn, and I'm not braking as much. So, um, sort of embarrassing, really, to think how I was doing the opposite of what I should do. But well, I don't think you're the only person, probably. I can't be. No. Especially if someone learned as an adult. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it, mountain biking is scary, in quotes. I mean, yeah. especially learning as an adult. When you're a kid, it's not at all. Like, you throw a kid on downhill skis and whoosh the way they go, but you put me on downhill skis and I'm on my butt in two seconds and <laughs> back at the lodge. I don't want to do that. It's scary. But I know thousands and thousands of people go skiing, but I'm not interested. I'm afraid. So it's no, I, you know, it's got to be similar for mountain biking. Um, and when you're fearful of that, it's like, yeah, you're maybe 
in your mind protecting yourself yeah. which leads you to like turning away f- your body away from the turn and then yeah. that alters your balance and your line through there and slows yeah. you down you're breaking and it's like anyway it's a huge revelation to me it's not something i can change overnight but i'm really lucky this winter that i'm down here in arizona and i'm over at these trails called brown's ranch like four times a week and getting to practice it so i'm already seeing like huge improvement and i'm more comfortable faster yeah i'm really yeah. happy about it well that's the perfect thing to be doing in one's off season yeah it's like slowing down number one enjoying yourself and then maybe even thinking a little bit about like what can i do to improve in your case, you know, getting more comfortable on your bike. In my case, I've been riding for fun as well and throwing in a lot of, um, like, sprint efforts, mm-hmm, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't particularly care for sprinting. I'm not good at it, which is probably why I don't care for it. Um, but it's like, this is the time of the year to, like, go do it. And they're actually, they become fun for me. That's good. Um, and, and my power is going up a little bit. I mean, I'm definitely not going to break any, like any records of any kind um but you know it's that's what any improvement is encouraging any improvement yeah for sure especially if it's something that we're weak at you know if you improve your weakness over like the off season or the early season you're gonna be ahead of the game your game at least coming into the new season exactly so cool um what else have we been doing i guess just a lot of weight training and we'll touch on that in a minute but i'm just loving it and feeling stronger yeah um, I love when Sophia looks at my arms and says, Mom, you look ripped. I'm like, okay, that's cool. It's <laughs> <laughs> fun. Yeah, and then just like planning and optimizing our we development riders, which I think I mentioned already, and that's what's really mm-hmm. spurred the topic of the, today's show. Um, so real quick before we get into that, I do want to run through a couple of updates because we left some loose ends after last episode um, where we were introducing our new plans and programs for the season ahead for 2022. Uh, We are, um, these are becoming live in the next day or two. By the time people are listening to the show, they should be live um, on, in the Training Peaks plan store, in the Train Heroic plan store, um, on our website for those wanting to join us for our programs. But I just wanted to run through those real quick, tie up those loose ends, and then we can go on. So first of all, we're onto our version 4.0 base builder plans. Um, in my opinion, it's a nice improvement upgrade from our version three programs. Um, we have the ability to customize one's, uh, volume. So no longer do we have a high and low volume option. It's, it's one volume option. And then there's instructions on how you can add more or or take away, you know, make it less. Um, we are also offering a traditional low intensity to high intensity base build, which is how we typically like to prescribe base training, um, but we're also offering a quote-unquote reverse periodization format, which will start with higher intensity intervals and work its way out to longer and lower intensity intervals. Um, with the thought of, the reason I wanted to do that is twofold, was to offer some people in snowy climates that are going to be indoors most, if not all of the time, shorter intervals early on you know, in, the, in winter, or easier to get done on the trainer and then hopefully by spring when you're hitting those longer lower intensity intervals maybe you can get outside some um, and make that and then it also works really well if someone is targeting an early season like a spring endurance race like a gravel race or a marathon mountain bike race or something like that 
um, to be able to, you, you would have that endurance and like, yeah, basically that endurance fitness to do a race. If you were following this, if let's say you started in January by like April, you'd be in really good shape for an endurance race. Perfect. Yeah. Um, where our traditional program, we, we are in really good shape in April and then we would jump into a race prep program that would then start to taper from a high intensity out to a lower intensity to match one's race goals for the duration of the event they're training for. And that would be more uh, appropriate for someone looking to race like early to midsummer, early yeah, to late summer, even? like even late spring okay. and through any time in the summer. Yeah. Okay. When most races are, of course, it depends where someone lives. You well, know, like, that's why there are options. Yeah, exactly, and that's why I wanted to offer those options because, like, I'm thinking here. We're in Arizona right now, and it's like their their mountain bike season, like their local series, their state series, starts in like three or four weeks, like the first week of January, mm-hmm. first weekend of January, I think, is their first race of their series. And their series is over by like May, I think, the end of May or something. So, And that's when like all the races begin in Colorado and, you know, many places around. You know, Utah starts fairly early as well. They go cr- across the whole summer. Like everyone's on a different right, right. format there. So, yeah, options is the key there. Um, so that's there. They're the base builder version 4.0 base builder plans are 15 weeks. Um, the cost is 129 bucks. We're also offering for a hundred dollars additional having me go in and optimize someone's, um, training load through TSS, creating their annual training plan and TSS that's appropriate for them using this exact plan. Um, there are instructions in there of kind of how to do that for oneself and it's already set up that way. It's just a matter of if someone wants more volume, kind of increasing everything similarly throughout the 15 weeks. So the ramps all kind of stay closely similar. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you want me to do it for you, we have that option too. So again, more options to be done. And then again, another option is um, the new 15-week base builder strength program that you're just wrapping up right now yes i'm putting the final tweaks on it yep so it'll be live uh, probably by the time people are listening to this episode and that'll be available on train heroic which is an app that you use on your phone um super cool you want to say a couple things about? well it is super cool it's very easy to use there are videos that you and i created hundreds of videos actually and they they are embedded into the session for the day attached to each of the movements or exercises are very quick like 10 to 20 second videos um, so that you can quickly see what to do also with points of performance written if you're more of a, um, a verbal uh, learner the strength sessions themselves are like full body sessions like they are intended to make you just a stronger human being and also a stronger stronger cyclist the sessions will take you about 45 minutes to an hour, depending on how quickly you move through things. You'll start with dynamic movement. You go into a core set that's very just good. Like You're going to hit like everything you need, your, your stomach muscles, your back muscles, your shoulders, your hips. Then you'll go into a strength set. They, there will be options for people who have access and experience using barbells mm-hmm. and people who are using limited equipment like just a small set of kettlebells or dumbbells or if you're uncomfortable or just don't want to use it yeah a maybe you just don't know how to use a barbell and it's maybe you don't want to learn right now that's fine so you have the option it's you the same options. plan you have the mm-hmm. option within that plan to do that right and then some 
a good dose of mobility work at the end if you have time um, to stick around and take care of that essential piece. Yep. And there are two sessions a week. They'll be loaded on the calendar for Monday, Friday, but you can move it around as you'd like. Yep. And then the heavier lifting with the barbells um, is also percentage-based. Mm-hmm. And Trainer Rook has a really cool, I guess it's an algorithm, um, of they call it your working max, I believe. So mm-hmm. one rep max is like a classic term um, in the weightlifting world. They have one that's called the working max. So they're, as you as you input data from your workouts... Um, I wonder, it takes a couple weeks, I think. Yeah, I don't understand it a hundred percent, but it seems like if you have like several sessions with data in there, it, it, um, it gives an educated guess of what they think your working max is. Right. Or you can go in there and change it. And you're going to work off of a percentage of that, but very similar how a cyclist has their FTP and you're doing intervals off a percentage of your FTP. It's kind of the same sort of concept here, mm-hmm. uh, which is pretty cool. It's um, very cool. And yeah, so that plan will be 49 bucks. Um, if you do purchase the Base Builder Cycling Plan, there's a link directly to that Trainer Rogue Plan with a coupon code as well. Um, so you can save 25% off of that. And then, I mean, speaking of coupon codes, really all our plans, um, our Base Builder Plans, we have a 25% discount for our podcast listeners, and it's Base Builder 25 in all caps. We'll put that in the show notes as well. So you could actually go in, purchase the um, cycling plan. That would bring it down under 100 bucks, And then the discount in the for the Train Heroic, if you wanted to add that, brings that down to 30 bucks or something. Yeah. Um, so you get the whole ball of wax for roughly around 130 bucks or so. Um, so not too bad for 15 weeks of super good training and it's yours to keep. So you could use it again later in the season mm-hmm. for like a fall build and peak or again next year in 2023 if you wanted, um, and things like that. So that's all nearly ready. If not ready right now as you're listening. Um, and then our version 4.0 base builder program is also, we're going to follow the same plan here. But we are going to um, also include, it's a, it's a virtual program, so you'd be training right along with us. Like that's what you and I are going to be doing. We originally had anticipated we'd do the high intensity to low intensity build, thinking we were going to hit some early season races. Those plans have been changed a little bit. Um, we're kind of saving ourselves more for the summer, um, focusing more on Leadville lifetime series events and, and such. So we're, we're actually going to do the base builder program more along our traditional route or pathway of starting with low mm-hmm. intensity, building to high intensity across the 15 weeks. The Be- way we've always done it. The way we've always done it. So yeah. that begins January 3rd, goes through, I think April 10th is the last day. There's three five-week blocks of training. Um, and yeah, we're really excited about it. So in addition to the training plan is that you... As part of the program, we have a weekly Zoom call, um, coaching call, where, which you and I will host um, with the participants. We'll explain the training in more detail, give a lot of like visual examples and whatnot, be available for question and answers, and that's on a weekly basis and touch on different training topics. And then you'll also get that Train Heroic plan included in there, and with that, you would be part of our Train Heroic training group, so there would be opportunities for communication and feedback within Train Heroic with Kathy on the strength stuff. 
And then we have a Slack workspace for those members. So you get more Q&A and communication. And then we've got some really good discounts um, coming down the pipe from companies like The Feed, which is a really great mm -hmm. online um, nutrition store. Um, the Athlete Blood Test, which we're excited to share with you guys in the coming episode to test your nutrient levels, hormone levels, just overall health and performance level through some blood testing. And then um, QRA is going to have a kit store for us sometime this winter um, where we can get that going. If the people that want some kits, um, we kits for training or racing will be available at some discounted pricing too. So lots of good stuff in there. Um, the 15-week Base Builder program cost will be $399. You can also opt to have me optimize your TSS load and create your annual training plan for you for just 100 bucks more, making it $500 for the 15 weeks if you go that route. And then we're going to piggyback off of the Base Builder. But wait, there's more. I know, this is a big, <laughs> long update too. <laughs> With our new Leadville, Lifetime Leadville race prep building program. So that's going to pick up in mid-April when Base Builder ends and carry on through the summer. Um, I'm really focused on Leadville as sort of the A race, but it could be, it really could be any marathon, ultra marathon distance event. It could be a gravel race. It could be a Fondo Um anything like that, but it's basically a program. I, I get so many people that are interested in the Lifetime Series races in Leadville mm -hmm. that um, I want to bring them together as a, a virtual group so we can train together using the Zoom, just like we do with the Base Builder program, um, and have the Zoom calls and the Slack support and you know all that sort of stuff. So you don't have to be doing Leadville, but I envision most of the people will be, um, or at least building through those events, trying to qualify and whatnot. Um, so that program will include a, actually a custom plan because at that point we'll take into account a rider's like exact race schedule mm, and I'll build wow. the plan okay. yeah, around that for them. Um, and then also optimizing the TSS loads and all that kind of stuff in there for that. So that's going to be five ninety nine. um, for that. It's about a 17-week program okay. if you were to actually be doing Leadville. But if you're doing something a little before, a little after, you know, we can extend or shorten it as needed. Um, yeah, and then so last but not least, if you were to do the whole ball of wax, base builder and the, the race prep, the endurance race prep Leadville program, uh, basically covering your entire season, we'll bundle it together for $9.99, so it's 1000 bucks include the optimization for the base builder as well so it kind of saves you like a hundred bucks basically does that make sense well there's, <laughs> <laughs> yes it makes sense and people will, will get to read about this in um, you probably put some things in the show notes you'll put it on the website yeah but it sounds to me like if someone wants to get in shape over the winter they can get a community and basically a coach for right. 15 weeks for $400. Exactly. If they want to go all the way through the end of the summer targeting a big race like Leadville for $1,000, they get a custom plan, custom op optimization, a support group, yeah, cheerleader. There you go. Yeah, and us as their coaches in the yeah, background. Yeah, so. that sounds great. 
um, yeah, so I'm pretty excited about offering that. Um, we're kind of modeling it after our redevelopment program mm-hmm. because we had a lot of adults last year that were like, this is really cool you're doing for these kids, these junior writers. But, you know, I want to get in on this. So th- <laughs> this is our attempt at being able to do that. So hit us up with questions on any of that. Um, yeah, and we'll have more info that follows um, in the coming weeks. Whew, do you need a water break? That was a lot. <laughs> that was a lot. That was a lot. Okay, well, it really does tie into what the bulk of this conversation is going to be about. Because you had used the word optimization mm-hmm. multiple times. Right. What does that mean? What does optimization mean in terms of someone's training plan? Yeah, so optimizing your 2022 training, it the, it all boils down to getting the timing right. I'd say that's probably the one thing if you take away from this episode is getting your like training progressions, the timing of those right. So you're building your fitness to a high level at the right time, which is right before a big race. And... In order to be able to do that, you need to think about creating a master plan, um, also known as an annual training plan or ATP. So mm-hmm. for Training Peaks users out there, um, if you have a premium account, there's a little tab ATP. That's annual training plan. Maybe you've used it. Maybe you haven't. Many of our junior athletes, new ones this year, were unfamiliar with oh, it, so it was fun so showing them. It was so fun. We we had, as you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, we had over 30 phone calls with the new, well, all of our writers. Um, and, and I don't think anyone had ever looked at their ATP. Yeah, it's kind of a, like, unfortunately, like, looked over, missed feature of I think it's the best peaks. feature it, of Training Peaks. Arguably it is, yeah. Because if you don't have a plan, then your training is really willy-nilly. More random, And yeah. it's like, you, I think you said to a couple of the kids on calls, like, it's just taking like spaghetti noodles and throwing it onto the wall. And as you reviewed some of the writers' plans from last year when they were with other groups and other coaches, that's what it looked like. It was like, okay, yeah, those were some good workouts good you workouts, did. But no, and, and there's no, pl- there's no like plan behind it. Plan behind it. Yeah. They, the coach said, oh, I should probably put some VO2 max intervals. Yeah. On your schedule. <laughs> I mean, that that's that's pretty cool. And maybe you should go do a long ride here. And maybe you should do... And it was like so all over the place. And then when you showed them via Zoom, you shared your screen and showed the each of the riders yeah. their graph, their picture of like, hey, this is what you're... We have planned for you for this year. I mean, their minds were blown. Right. It was really cool. They're like, what? You planned this whole thing out for me? <laughs> this is what we're going to do? Like, yeah. Yeah. And there's like a method to the madness and, you know, but it all boils down to getting the timing right of everything. Right. You know, because you could train a whole bunch, you know, December, January, February, get really fit. And then, but your race is until June or something, Mm -hmm. you know, you got to get like that timing right in there. Uh, That point was really important when we talked to some of the writers from California and Texas who were coming on board with us. Because they they were kind of chafing, like, well, why are, why are we not writing more right now? Look look what I did last year, and we said yes, let's pull up last year's ATP. Okay, look, you were like so fit November, December, January, and then look at your fitness line just plummet down the rest of the year. So let's time it differently this year. Yes, I know you're eager beaver, eager beaver right now, but slow your roll. Right, exactly. So creating that annual training plan that would be part of optimizing one's season, and we've spoken about that before Mm -hmm. in previous episode um number 18 so you can go back and listen to that and it's 
aptly titled Creating Your Annual Training Plan. And then I also have a blog post um, written on our website as well about that and giving you some directions. But that's a big piece of it. And then taking it a step further from, so the annual training plan gives you the, like literally the annual, the whole season overview. Take it a step further. Let's start looking like at a weekly level or training block level of Mm -hmm. maybe a few weeks bundled together and creating the proper training load and progressions within those training weeks or training blocks within the greater season and making sure you're doing the right amount of training at the right time and progressing accordingly. Because again, there it comes back again. It's all about timing. And then taking it even a further level, more of a micro level, and going in and adjusting your daily rides, your workouts, to match those weekly targets that match the block targets that match your annual targets. So it's all about like taking, you know, like narrowing it down mm-hmm. to the all the way down to the daily level. Um, so that's really what optimizing one's training is about. I think you love doing these. It is fun. It, it's, it takes a lot of time, but yeah. it is, it is fun. Um, for me, I mean, I enjoy enjoy. Well, it. I feel like you have like superpowers where you can see it. Like, like you get the big picture and then you get how you break it down into very manageable steps to get the big goals to happen. Yeah. Cause it's not easy, especially when you're sitting here in like, you know, your first race isn't until May 8th or whatever. And it's only December or November mm-hmm. when we got started with some of our writers. And it's like, what do we, what should we be doing, you know, right now? Because our race is so here. And, right. And so thinking about that, planning it, I mean, to be fair, I have been doing this for 25 years uh, as an athlete um, and as a coach for, I don't know, 18 years or mm-hmm. 19 years. So, you know, I have done it a lot for myself um, and then for all the athletes that I coach. And mm-hmm. yeah, it is something I take pleasure in, in setting up. So um, anyway, we, we digress. So <laughs> let's hit the, so annual training plan. We talked about it um, a little bit. It's the roadmap of your season, mm-hmm. but that's like step one. So you really need to identify first, like what your target races are. Right. Um, and right. we, you know, we have a previous podcast that talked about race selection. Um, you really want to have, you know, some people have one A race, you know, that big important race. Some people will have two within the season. Mm-hmm. You can definitely do that. The two A races need to be spread apart, spread apart by probably at least, I would say, 10 weeks. You could get away with eight, but 10 or more is better. Um, the reason being is you're going to build, take a long, slow, steady buildup to mm-hmm. your first one. And then you're really fit. You can recover and then do a shorter, more aggressive buildup for a second one and potentially be even more fit for the second one. It is possible but not easy to do three peaks because they do have to be spread apart enough, you know, 10 weeks ideally between all three to be able to do that. But it's also very difficult to maintain motivation and Mm -hmm. freshness to go through that cycle three times. Um, So I don't recommend it unless... You're rather experienced. Um, right. But uh, yeah, so figure out those those A races and then go back and, and that'll really help you figure out, okay, identify, you need to identify your peaks and valleys of fitness for the season. Right now, just December, almost everyone, unless you're a cross racer, take them aside, you should be in a bit of a valley right now, meaning exactly. your fitness is mm-hmm. low right now. Then you got to figure out where do you want that 
peak of fitness. Generally speaking, we like to see that three-ish weeks before an mm -hmm. A race because you're going to lose a little fitness as you taper and freshen up for that race. And then following the race, you're going to dip down into another valley of like lowered fitness. And then you're going to build to another peak. Um, so really I identifying on the calendar in this annual training plan where those peaks should be, where those valleys should be, how much time you have in between those, that'll sort of dictate what that ramp rate of fitness is, you know, how quickly the fitness is building. You know, you and I, we're not racing any serious races, at least, that we care about until probably, at this point, June. I mean, we'll do races before that, but ones that we really want to, like, do well at. Right, right. So our ramp rate can be quite low right now, you know, for the next few months. Why don't you just touch on ramp rate for just a minute? Like, what does that mean? So ramp rate, it's how quickly you're planning to ramp up your fitness or increase your fitness. So as we train... We're accumulating TSS, training stress score, through all the rides we're doing. That's a daily thing. It adds up weekly. That's kind of what you're building your annual training plan, determining what mm -hmm. those are at. And the, as you accumulate those TSS points, your fitness goes up. And the, in training peaks, it's called CTL, chronic training load. And it's a blue line in the um, annual training plan. And you can see it going up. And so the rate at which it's going up or the mm -hmm. slope of that, incline of the, of the graph is the ramp rate and if you train a lot um, like big rides big tss or you're like doing it day after day after day you can get a pretty high ramp rate so your fitness your ctl number might go from 40 to 50 in a week well that'd be a ramp rate of 10 in a week which is very aggressive very aggressive but if you go let's say from 40 to 44 your mm -hmm. ramp rate is four and that's like a very you know, sustainable ramp rate. You know, you could do that for two, three, four weeks at a time, then maybe you need a recovery week, but you could keep that out. So the longer time you have between, say, now and your peak fitness that you're targeting, you could have a really low ramp rate, you know, two, three. I mean, I think ours is around two or three a mm -hmm. week, so it's very low. The wonderful thing about that being low or unaggressive is that we'll be able to adapt to it super easily. We won't be pushing any kind of envelope of mm -hmm. overreaching or immune system compromisation. You know, it's unlikely we... You know what always comes to like my that. mind? with uh, if, I, if I have too aggressive of a ramp rate, I, I feel like I open the door to like getting IT band issues, some yeah. sort of connective tissue thing. And right. that's just me. Oh, but yeah. it, it, I mean, it's just me of the two of us, but it's not just me in the world. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, injury and illness. If your ramp rate is too high, you're probably going to come close to experiencing mm -hmm. one or both of those things, if not experience right. them. So so that is key. And that's what you learn over years and years of training is what kind of ramp rate can you tolerate and mm -hmm. what, what one is like puts you on the border. Like I can do a ramp rate of 8 to 10 for a few weeks at a time, but if I do much more than that, like it's too risky. Mm -hmm. um, so I save that maybe for some key times of the season ideally I don't need to do that like if you can plan it out and you have enough time to build appropriately and whatnot you can right. avoid aggressive ramp rates so you just have to always kind of keep an eye on that um, but being able to plot out you know where those peaks and valleys are how much time in between will let you sort of s determine what those progressions will be um, and then with within that kind of simultaneously you're laying out okay here's my base build period here's my mm -hmm. race preparation period here's like where i'm going to taper for a couple weeks here's my race so you kind of know these training blocks or periods within the greater season 
uh, when you're going to have your recovery weeks, all those sorts of things. So that makes it a lot easier to plan your life around your right. training right. as well. Um, so that's always helpful. And then you, you know, you can sit back and make sure you've got the timing right or as close to what you think is right as you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As we told all the kids on the team, like what you see here is not set in stone. Right. It's a really good start. Right. It's, it's a really good plan to try to make happen. Exactly. It's, it's, it's our map. It's what we're shooting for. It helps me as the coach once it's planned out. Then I can go into their calendar, mm-hmm. load up their training blocks, and adjust then those TSS loads for the week. Because I've determined, okay, these TSS loads in the annual training plan get me the ramp rates I'm looking for. Now I'm going to go into the individual weeks. And that's kind of the next step. Yeah, how do you identify someone's optimal TSS load? Yeah, so optimal TSS load, the first thing I do with an athlete, assuming they have training peaks data, is I go back and look at what data they accomplished in previous years or how much training did they do, how successful was it. Um, You really want to go back and review past seasons. Um, Identify like what were your big training weeks in terms of TSS or volume? What were your recovery weeks typically like? What, you know, what were, what was like an average week? And then also looking at the the entire season's TSS, you know, maybe at Mm -hmm. 15,000 TSS, you know, for a, a season. And then what I like to do, at least with our junior athletes, is try to increase each season by about 10% or so because we want to keep developing them. Adult athletes, you may be more restricted on how much time they have, but if you're newer to this, maybe you can squeeze out a little more TSS. Um, But in in general, you know, if you can increase that load a little bit each year, especially if you're five years or less into being a cyclist um, is a good plan. And then you kind of find what your ceiling is um, in terms of increases. And then you also have to think kind of realistically too about your lifestyle. Like Mm -hmm. what kind of weather do you have? Do you live in Arizona where it's sunny and you can ride a lot all winter? Or are you in a northern climate where you're stuck in the basement on your trainer all winter, right? Right. Because that's going to dictate how much TSS you can potentially get um, without going crazy. How much crazy on that trainer? Yeah, right? how much time do you have available? Well, to that's train? probably the, the number one issue for people. Right, right. They're juggling a family, work, other hobbies, other interests. They need sleep, um, so you can get really excited about. Oh, I can do it. I can train yeah, fifteen really hours motivated. a week. Yeah, I can do it. But no, maybe you can't. Let's be realistic. Realistic, yeah. It has to be sustainable, too. Right. And, and set yourself up with something that you can be very consistent with. It's like, yeah, I could do 15 weeks for a couple of weeks. Or 15 hours. Or Yeah, 15, yeah sorry. 15 hours for a couple of weeks and gain a bunch of fitness. I mean, that's great. And then what happens? Like you Again, it's all about timing. So you got to figure out, okay, 15 hours or in a week is what you can handle like let's plop that at the right time closer to your event you know at the right time before your mm-hmm, event usually mm-hmm. i don't know four four or five weeks out for your biggest weeks and that'll elevate your fitness to the highest level at the right time you know and so if, if 15 hours is your big week then probably a sustainable one is more like 10 to 12 hours perhaps or, right. or whatever it might be for the individual so um and then thinking about too is like backing it off so you if 15's your big week and 10's sort of 10 to 12's average, then you probably will start your training more at like seven or eight. And in the moment, you might be like seven or eight. That's not enough. Like, 
But it's all about, again, being progressive with it week to week and building up. Humans are so funny. We just do not want to, like, back off. Right. We have to. <laughs> um, yeah, so the, I mean, it, it all boils down to gradually building that fitness or CTL across your base builder time of the year. Mm-hmm. You know, it's our base builder program. And across your race prep build, especially if you're doing endurance type racing. Um and building it up to a peak, you know, two, three weeks before that first A race. Um, so it's, again, it all comes back to getting the timing right and then figuring out what those weekly TSS loads um, would be optimal. Yeah, so reviewing the past season's data does seem to be a crucial part here. Yeah. Because that's where you can, like, you could... If, if you and I were talking, I was trying to create a plan for you, and you'd say, oh, yeah, I can definitely do this, this, and this. I have this many hours. I can, I'm can. i an experienced writer. But then if I looked at your, your ATP for, or your data from last year and said, well, actually, you really only did this average of a TSS per week, and your total for the year was this, oh, <laughs> I thought I did more. Right. And then you know, if I asked you further questions, like, could you, could you handle it? Were you sick often? Yeah, I had a cold like every two months. Okay. It's like you start digging deeper into like what the reality mm-hmm. is and then you can just be more thoughtful and uh, methodical and, and careful for the next season because it's all about being consistent. Exactly. Yep. It totally is. I mean, consistency is the number one. Like you can put in any one single big workout or even a big week of workouts and that's great and all and it's fun. Mm-hmm. It feels great. Um, but I'd rather see weeks and weeks and weeks of like moderate training that's Mm -hmm. building you know stacking those bricks of fitness rather than like sporadic you know up and down training and then maybe a big week or you know here and there yeah yeah it just doesn't create the progression and the the gradual steady loading it's in my opinion optimal for a peak performance so that's really looking at like the weekly TSS loads. And then that last step is really honing in d- deep down narrow, that micro level of looking like daily. So okay. you go in, you look at your week, here's your workouts. Um, now I need to go in, I know based off of optimizing my weekly loads and my annual training plan, this particular week I need 300 TSS. Um, you know, the, the workouts are set on the plan and they're at... Um, 240 TSS, so I need another 60 TSS. Where how do I go in, in you know, up the up the load to, to match what I'm targeting? So how would in that in that example, if you're trying to get 300 TSS for the week, but the 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 base plan only gave you 240, how would you add 60 more TSS for that week? So you go in to the workout, um, and First and foremost, you want to first maximize your low intensity okay. training durations. So that's you're going to have like so many hours per week that you have available or per day even. Um, so if the workout is say an hour and ten minutes, but in reality you have an hour and a half on Tuesdays, let's say, to do your ride. Well, let's add twenty more minutes of aerobic riding to your warm up or your cool down, and that will get you more TSS. Um, likewise on the weekends, let's say most people do their longer rides on the weekends. If it's a two and a half hour ride, but you can get a three hour ride in, add it there. There's another 20 or so TSS that you're getting. So that's the way to kind of figure that out. Then eventually you're going to hit sort of a ceiling or a cap of how many minutes per week you can train that week. Mm -hmm. And then you want, you can start 
considering to up the intensity side of things a tad. And what I mean by that is, depending on what the intervals are, maybe doing a little bit longer version of those intervals. So if we're doing like aerobic threshold intervals, let's say, which are kind of like a moderate intensity, mm-hmm. and it's four times 10 minutes, maybe you can do four times 14 minutes. Right, right. You know, you're getting those extra minutes. You just at, added 16 more minutes of that good Right, work. and probably, you know, 10 TSS or more um, right. for that. So you did that. Now, if you're if we're in doing super high intensity, let's say VO2 max, maybe you add, if, if it's like four times two minutes and four times four minutes at your VO2 max powers, maybe you add a fifth of each. So mm-hmm. it's like five times two minutes, or you could potentially go four times two and a half minutes, you know, stretching it out. You know, you can kind of make the call there. Again, you're accumulating a few more minutes at that VO2 power, getting a little more TSS um, is another way to do that. That carries a little more, quote unquote, risk in terms of more doing more high intensity work. But um, if you're recovering appropriately, I think it's tolerable. I mean, as long as we're not going berserk and it's like, you know, these, you, you, you doubled bre- it or something. Yeah, you like do too much, but um you have to use some some brain power when thinking about that stuff. So. <laughs> um, yeah, and then once you have your weeks kind of like adjusted to the loads that you want, you know, go in and double check or cross check that volume that gets added up because it it might be like great you've created these progressions. You're starting at 300 TSS per week and going to like 340, 380, 420, and maybe like by March you're doing some like 600-ish TSS weeks, which are pretty big. And that's going to require like a four-hour ride on Saturday and a six-hour ride on Sunday. Is that realistic with your life? Right. Double-check it, you know. And if you see that and you're like, I don't know if I can pull that off. If I can pull off two-hour workouts during the week and these like pretty big weekend rides, like how fun would that be maybe? But can I actually do that with my family, my life? whatever if the answer is yes then you're good right if the answer is like i don't know you might want to dial it back (laughs) but the cool thing again about planning right is you see it maybe bring it to someone else that's important in your life and be like can we pull this off together like maybe it's a team effort like okay let's let's if i know that you need to get your big rides in on those weeks then i'll plan accordingly and maybe lower my load of whatever I got. Or hire a babysitter. Or get a babysitter. That's what we used to do. Right, yeah. So, but again, it's planned weeks out, so you can make some attempts to work around it. So, um, so I think that's like the three key things, right? Is like start at the the macro annual level, Mm -hmm. annual training plan, then zoom into that more medium level on a weekly basis or, Mm -hmm. or multiple weeks within a training block basis, and then zoom in even further that daily micro level and make sure all those loads are matching, they're realistic, the timing looks right for your events, all those sorts of things. So that's really what optimizing your training for 2022 is all about. Or ask you to help do it for them. There you go. You could ask me to help. (laughs) Because I wouldn't want to do this. (laughs) I would just say, Cody, can you do this for me? Right. That is definitely an option. So that's that $100 add-on. If you were to purchase our training plan for $129, you can add. I'll go in. I'll optimize that 15 weeks base builder for you. Or if you're in our 
uh, base builder into race prep, endurance race prep for Leadville or a similar, we can bundle all that in there too. So I think it's a great added value. So I know I just keep tooting your horn, but it deserves to be tooted. And <laughs> I think people will really want the optimization of their plan. Yeah, it makes a big, big difference. Um, and that's why I wanted to figure out a way how to present this to people and offer it to people. Mm-hmm. Um, because it really is what a good coach does for somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, I've figured out a system of being able to do it, you know, on a time efficient and cost effective way to do it. Um, so you're not paying the same price as you might for a coach per se. Um, but getting the same quality of training program. Right. Out of it. Awesome. Okay. So people can find out more information on our website www.weightendurance.com and I'm sure we're going to like plug stuff on social media and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. We'll get some promo stuff going out there. We'll get people signed up. I know I've got a dozen or more people, I think a couple dozen people, at least a dozen, that are super eager to get going on Leadville. Oh, yeah. They've either already qualified um, or they're in the lottery and are confident. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that they're going to get in or they're planning to qualify. And awesome. It's really fun. I mean, I've just over the years have found those Leadville events to be what I know, you really love fun it. and exciting. But so. let's clarify that our base builder program has, you don't have to be doing Leadville to join that. Oh, no, yeah. That's just to like get in shape over the winter. The base builder program is for like all cyclists. Right. Yeah, you're building your base. Could be a road cyclist. Oh, yeah, yeah. You could be a road. You could be just recreational. You could be... Just a commuter wanting to do something different on your rides, getting in shape, or you could be a racer of any variety, road, gravel, mountain, okay. you name it. Um, it's just a great way to build your base fitness because it's very general. Mm-hmm. And then that race prep plan program that follows is a little more specific to endurance racing. So that would be gravel, like more of a steady state endurance racing, I should say. So gravel marathon mountain bike ultra marathon mountain bike leadville type gotcha. stuff um yeah all right awesome what else do we need to like let people know before we say goodbye i think that's it um yeah i mean we've got some really cool partners lined up that we kind of alluded to but i'm really excited to share those i know we'll future, probably have a but... special a special thing about some of those yeah. because like it's just too good to not talk more about right Okay, well, let's just wrap it up then and wish everybody a great week. Yeah, send us your questions. Yep, reach out with questions. The best way is to send them via email to Cody, C-O-D-Y, at teamweight.com or to me, Kathy, with a K, Kathy at teamweight.com. That's it. Excellent. All right, well, have a great week, and we'll talk to you guys in a couple weeks. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Everything we discuss on the Weight Endurance Podcast, we integrate into our annual Base Builder training program and downloadable training plans. Our Base Builder program is an annual online virtual group training program with us as your coaches, allowing you to build your best cycling-based fitness possible to prepare you for your next riding season. We also offer downloadable training plans for base building, cycling-specific strength training, and specialized race preparation for road, gravel, mountain bike racing, and everything in between. Consider our training plan subscription service, where you gain access to all of our training plans for as little as $20 per month. This allows you to easily switch between plans to create your most complete annual training progression. 
Regardless of the type of cyclist you are, by becoming a part of the weight endurance training community, you're allowing us to help you become a fitter and faster cyclist.